Welcome to episode number 41 of the Food Safety University podcast. I'm your host, David Zarling, and today we're going to continue in our new plant manager series where we talk about building a culture of strengths and accountability. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Fannensteel of Dirigo Food Safety. Tune in to learn about food safety and processing in plain terms. We'll break down the ins and outs of HACCP, the food code, and much, much more so that you can easily implement and manage your own food safety program and even have some fun while doing so. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today. I'm going to be bringing you another episode of the new Plant Manager series, hailing all the way from as of today, a rainy central Washington. We have not seen rain here in three months, four months. It's the driest drought in 125 years, I think. And it's raining right now, and it has been for 15 minutes, and it's gorgeous and beautiful, and I love it. Um, And so will my garden. So anyways, uh, yeah, here we are. We're talking about accountability and building a culture based on strengths, as well as what I like to call 360-degree accountability. And when you, when I hear the term accountability, I'm thinking like, I didn't mow the lawn this week, and so I don't get to drive the car on Friday night. You know, it's not, it's not like that. We're not looking to build a culture of accountability as, as like a, a policing measure, right? Or, um, we're not, we're not looking to build the type of place where we walk into work, we clock in, we frock up, and then we walk onto a floor where there's someone with a clipboard who's like peering at us over the rims of their glasses. So we're, not, we're not looking for that sort of thing. We're looking to build a culture that's based on strengths first, right? Because when we focus on people's strengths and accentuating those, we get superstars. When we focus on blind spots or areas of opportunity exclusively, we get average. And then we're looking to take those strengths and use those, leverage those to build a culture of what I call 360 degree accountability. And what that means is that there is a level of, uh, you know, the, the definition for me for 360 degree accountability is creating a container or atmosphere of proactive responsibility in every direction. And by every direction, I mean, not just all the individual contributors on the floor or in the field or in the, on the line or in the front of the house, it's an equally distributed responsibility model that goes in every direction from the CEO, from the board of directors to the CEO, to the individual contributors, to the person that just walked in the door and just got a job and doesn't know a doggone thing about your industry and back in the other direction. We say what we're going to do when we're going to do it, and we solve problems following our internal problem-solving models, which we'll get to. You know Dr. P's. I've got one, too, and we're going to talk about that eventually. And you do it in a proactive fashion. And you show up for people. And when you say something, it carries weight because our word is our bond, especially when we're talking about project management and accountability, right? Showing up for our coworkers and being reliable goes a very long way towards building a culture uh, of trust and, and 
you know, just generally liking the people you work with. Think about people that you have worked with in the past that say, they're like, hell yeah. People are like, oh my God, hell yeah. Let's do it. Yes. That project is the one. Count me in. I'm your dude. Let's nail it. Right? Or a consultant that has like a really great scope of work that's like all inclusive. Um, but neither of those people actually show up when it comes to meeting time or deliverable time or whatever, right? They, they, like people talk a big game or they're like super supportive during a brainstorming session or during a, you know, a forward facing or management facing meeting, but they don't actually show up and do the work. And that sucks. Or when you have someone that's like so super busy and inundated and over their head with work and then they just like can't get anything done on time, right? Um, it's tough. And it does affect your bottom line, but but more importantly, it affects the overall company culture. Saying what you're going to do when you're going to do it um, and then actually doing it is so incredibly important. Before we get into the accountability piece, the 360 degree accountability, I want to talk about building a culture of strengths just at a high level, just so we understand the concept because we'll get more into the mechanics of this eventually. Um, this is something that I learned from an absolute mastermind in the people and culture world. His name's Oliver Mincy. Uh, he has had some very high-profile jobs in the world, working for various human resources and people and culture departments. I had the opportunity to work with him uh, at a company where he came in as the director of people and culture, and he had he had a big... He had a big job ahead of him. Um, and one of the things that I picked up from him and one of the things that we collaborated on, but he he led it. Like, make no mistake, I did not come up with any of this. Uh, he leveraged and implemented a culture that's, that's a work culture that's really based on the strengths of all of the team members, right? And there's actually some tools that can help you understand. You, you know, you're probably wondering like, okay, great. That sounds great. How do I know what, what the strengths are? And it can be kind of subjective, I think, depending on your perspective at the time. Um, we utilize something out in the world by the Gallup organization called the Clifton Strengths Finder. And it's not like a personality test like the Enneagram, but it's more of an assessment that, uh, you know, it has a framework already built. And that that framework is that it lays out 30 possible strengths by humans in the workplace. And the idea is, again, like I said before, if you focus on strengths, you get all-stars. If you focus on blind spots, you get average. And you answer like a hundred some questions. And then at the end, it tells you where you lie in the strengths chart. Everything's a strength. There's no weaknesses, right? You just have like your, your strongest strength and your, and your less, your least strong strength. Um, I know what my top 10 are. And, you know, when Oliver rolled this out, it was absolutely revolutionary because the insights that I was able to gain into my team members and my direct reports and the validation that I got when I saw this, you know, when I had my, my shipping receiving manager who uh, oftentimes would just kind of disappear during important situations. Well, what we found out is that one of this person's top strengths was harmony and they love, they, they hate conflict and they, and they love proactive collaborative solutions. Right. And so it, 
this test really validated a lot of things that I knew about people and it gave me even more insight about myself, right? What I learned is that my number one strength is called restorative. And what restorative means is that I like to walk into something that is broken or less than optimal and fix it, right? But my least strong strength was called maximizer. And maximizing is when you take something that's that's functioning well and you make it world class, right? That's not I'm not a I'm not a fine details guy. I'm not a finishing carpenter. I'm a framer. That's what I do. And so by knowing this, I was able to construct teams within my team and get the best results because everyone knew what their strengths were and we celebrated them for those. And we put them in positions where they were able to excel because they were able to do what they were good at and what they like to do, right? A strength isn't just what you're good at. It's also like what you like to do. Because if you hate it, you're never going to be as strong as you could be. So it's incredibly important to uh, accentuate these things. So, you know, I, I uh, really recommend uh, when you start your one-on-one meeting schedule or your departmental meeting schedules, like we talked about in the last episode, that you start to notice some of the strengths that your team has. This is the job of a job of a plant manager. You are noticing, you're observing, you're categorizing, you're um, assessing, you're auditing. And that includes people. And you're finding where your people are best and what they like to do and what gets them going and then where they excel. And you put them in positions to continue to do that work. It's as simple as that. That is building a culture of strengths. Now, how does that affect accountability, right? Accountability, again, we're not trying to enforce like a police police state at work. There are actually clear benefits to building a culture of 360 degree accountability. And I think there's five main benefits, okay? The first one is there are clearly defined results and timelines. If you don't have a roadmap of what done looks like, what a clearly defined result looks like, and you don't tell people how long something should take, it's very easy to procrastinate to duck, to hide, to delegate, right? It's easy for people to be overwhelmed by a project, especially when they don't know what it looks like when it's perfect or when they should be done. And one of the reasons for this overwhelm is something that's very well described by Mark Horseman. He's the CEO of a a company that has a podcast called Manager Tools, Manager Basics, Career Tools. I think they have several different podcasts. And he uses this incredible analogy for delegation, which I love, and I wouldn't dare change it because it's perfect as is. And and I I will do a very poor job uh, summing it up right now, but I'll, I'll do it anyways because I think it's fantastic. So you are a plant, farm, restaurant, whatever. You're a business manager. And you have a box, and that box is, let's say, 18 inches by 12 inches. It's square. It's a parallelogram, right? And you also have, in that box, several green balls. They're like the size of a softball, let's say. And they're all bright green. And those are your, those are your tasks. These are the things that you are accountable for. 
You are responsible for these things. And your boss hands down a new project, a new priority. And when your boss hands down an urgent priority, it's still a ball and it has to fit in your box, but it's actually the size of a basketball and it's orange. And you, you can't stack them. So you have to get rid of four softballs to make room for the one basketball to fit in your box as a manager, right? Because you, you can't take on one giant task without offloading a couple, without delegating a couple. So you delegate those to your direct reports. However, your direct reports also have a box. It's the same size, and it's also filled with green softball size daily tasks. And when you delegate a task down a level, it goes from being a green softball size to an orange basketball size. So what, what may be a daily task to you is a big-ass project to your direct report. So then they have to delegate down, right? And it's incredibly important uh, that we have this structure of accountability that includes clearly defined results and timelines because we want to give people every chance to succeed when they take on your projects. When, you, when we delegate, we want people to succeed. We don't want it to necessarily be a trial by fire all the time. We can give people tools. It's okay. And the first two biggest tools to give them are clearly defined results and timelines. That's a huge part and a huge benefit of a culture of clear accountability. Because when your direct reports see you or when you see your boss achieve a goal that meets the defined results and within the time allotted, that's a big deal, right? The second benefit to creating a culture of clear 360-degree accountability is increased confidence. Increased confidence and decreased firefights, right? And what's a firefight? A firefight, firefighting is like emergency work. It's super reactive emergency work. And this is very, very common in production facilities, on farms, um, in restaurants, what have you, just places where we're producing something uh, to a demand of some kind, and we're trying to do it quickly and efficiently. When problems arise in those environments, uh, they tend to be very urgent, and we tend to get a lot of positive reinforcement when we solve these issues. And we, so we call that firefighting. When you have this culture of clear accountability that starts with clearly defined results and timelines, and people start to achieve these goals and make these projects happen, and show up for their teammates and become known as a reliable person, it increases confidence. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I've been a part of a team and I've done everything that was asked of me on time, the right way, maybe even went above and beyond, but totally not necessary, uh, that made me feel good. It made me feel like I was part of a team. It made me feel like I was valued. Um, when we're proactive in our project management, we have less firefighting to do. When we perform risk analyses in our uh, food safety and operations programming, like we teach in Food Safety University, there's much less firefighting because prevention is the only way, right? So that's all proactive work that you can be doing uh, within our food safety programming. So increase confidence. 
when you get the thing done, when you say you're going to do it, and you get the positive feedback, that goes a long way for employee confidence, especially when they've, like most of us have been, been put into a position they weren't totally ready for. The third benefit of building a culture of clear accountability is that it builds trust. It builds trust. Because when you have accountability in 360 degrees, and you know that the board of directors are going to provide the CapEx funding when they say they're going to, when the CEO shows up for meetings when they say they're going to, when the company actually puts out the product that they say it is on the label, when someone asks to uh, have their shift covered and the person shows up and actually does it, right? When you show up for your first day of work, all of those things are accountability pieces, the responsibilities that we have that we can choose to do. And when we do it, it builds trust and credibility within the team. That's a big deal. I know that I have been very guilty in the past of taking on way, way, way too many things, getting things done late, asking for extensions, you know, um, multitasking during meetings. I've been in that really heavy, fast paced kind of startup culture and it sucks and you're not your best self and you actually get less done even when you think you're multitasking. Newsflash, multitasking is a myth. There's no such thing. You can focus on one thing at a time. You can switch very quickly back and forth, um, which is very stressful, but there's no such thing as multitasking. So when we're accountable and we show up, it's a form of support. Accountability is a form of leadership. It shows that regardless of the conditions, you are putting your head down and you are getting the work done and you are supporting your teammates. That builds trust. When you show up day after day after on a slaughter floor as the stunner, even when it's hard, you become a reliable stunner and that, that person is worth their weight in gold. The fourth benefit to uh, building a culture of clear 360 degree accountability is that it affects your bottom line. Duh. I mean, that's what everyone probably thought this was about in the first place, but it, it totally does. It's not just about culture. It also affects your bottom line in many, you could say indirect ways, but they, they sure do feel direct when they start to show up. Attendance. When you have a clear attendance policy with a very well-outlined uh, SOP and what that's going to look like as we as we go through that attendance policy, you will see less people call off just from having a policy in place. I know it's dry. Maybe you've only got four people on your crew. Still have a policy. Still have an employee handbook. Do it. If you have, if you set the standard and you set clear accountability and you show up and do what you're asking other people to do all the time as a manager, people will do that because it feels good because that's the culture. That's what we're part of. That's our community. That's the expectation. And we need to define that. Attendance is huge. I can tell you that on a line that usually cuts 20 beef a day, takes, you know, six, seven cutters. Um, if one of them is not there, we do 15 beef a day. Now, did that person cut five alone usually? No, but the sum is greater than, the, the, the parts are greater than the sum of, so the sum, you know what I'm trying to say, that phrase. Um, the parts are greater than the sum of the whole. And uh, when you have everyone there together, 
you get a better synergy, everyone plays a role, and you produce more. So attendance issues are a big deal. Uh, Predictability. When we do what we say we're going to do, if the marketing team rolls out all of its plans on time, if the harvest team has everything available at market when they say they're going to, if the delivery driver gets everything there when it's supposed to, it affects your demand forecast, right? It affects your sales planning, your SNOP process. It affects everything in the supply chain when you're timely. And so when you're on time and get things done correctly, that affects your bottom line because you likely have a higher fulfillment rate. And as we know, that's, that's you know, kind of the end-all be-all in the consumer packaged goods world, or even in the, in the farmer's market world, right? It's, it's incredibly important that we're uh, in stock and have a very high fulfillment rate. And when people do what they say they're going to do, when they say they're going to do it, we get that. The fifth benefit of building a culture of clear 360 degree accountability is improved employee and teammate retention. The revolving door is a thing. It happens. It's hard to deal with. You know, when we run into that age old question that we talked about last time and the time before that, what happens if we, if we spend all this time and money training people and they all take off for another job? And the answer is, say it with me, what if we don't train them and they stay, Right credit that to to my friend uh, E. Miller, who is a, a great management mind that I've enjoyed working with in the past. Um, <clears throat> we want to retain people. We want to keep people around. We want to give people a, a place to work reliably where they can pay their bills and go home and have a great job uh, and a great, a great family life and maybe retire at someday. You know, maybe you don't have the vision for a 40-year company, but the people that walk in the door working for you a lot of times want a home. Right, And it's really important that uh, we can provide a place where people want to stay. And employer retention is, inc- you know, think about all the startup costs with someone new. How incredibly impactful that can be to your bottom line. Just from PPE to training hours to, um, you know, slowed productivity and, and the mentoring and everything. Like we want to keep people around. And when we are reliable leaders, teammates, coworkers, who do what we say we're going to do, when we say we're going to do it, we're reliable, we're trustworthy. That is the type of team people want to stay on. And that's what we're looking for. We want to help employee retention because not only does it keep cogs low, but it also affects your quality. I mean, when people take ownership over what they're making, they really care about whether it's in conformance to spec or not. They really do. And that's what we want to foster, right? So that's those, those are the big parts of accountability. Now, there are corrective actions. We'll talk about corrective actions in another episode. Dr. P's talked about them. Um, I think that corrective actions with people is very similar to corrective actions, you know, with product on the floor. Um, it's not exactly the, exactly the same process, but I, I think that, uh, you know, when it comes to accountability, if someone's not meeting their accountability, we start with feedback, right? We start easy. We want to correct the car when it's just starting to, come towards the white line rather than when it's in the ditch, right? Feedback is something we start with. Uh, and then of course we move to, uh, you know, counseling and we move to, uh, objectives and key results or personal development plans. There's a, there's a map for that. We'll talk about it in a a further episode. Um, but accountability, it has to be held up. That's the thing is that it has to be enforced and there has to be a mechanism for what it looks like 
if accountability is not met. And that's an incredibly important thing. So audit your system. What happens when someone doesn't do what they say they're going to do continually? What happens when they don't show up for work? What happens when reports are constantly late or harvest is late or, you know, we've got a a 35 minute wait time on family meal courses in, in the restaurant? Like, what is the deal? How do we handle that? Do we just get pissed off and like smite people? Because that's what a lot of managers do. That's not what we do. We do a root cause analysis. We figure out what's going on. And we talk to people and we support them. And we give them the tools that they that they don't have that they need in order to reliably uh, get the things done that they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it, right? And then we move on from there. So um, I, I suggest thinking about what accountability looks like in your business. If you show up as the business owner or manager or whatever role you play, do you show up? Are you reliable? Are you on time? Do you say what you're going to do and when you're going to do it and then do those things? Or are you the type of boss or manager that is just like, yeah, I need to make sure everyone else is on time. And like, no one's noticing if I'm not on time because I'm like the boss or whatever. And my timelines are flexible. Do not be that person. Because it makes you not credible and your crew will talk about you behind your back. Trust me on this. Okay? It's very, very important. Next time, on our next episode, Dr. P and I are going to start talking about supply chain. We're going to start talking about scaling, vertical integration, and all these wacky things out in the small holder food world right now. Okay. So look forward to that. We're going to have some, I'm I'm going to bring up some controversial topics and I'm just going to throw it out there right now, just as a teaser. Here's my soapbox. You ready for this? Vertical integration is a myth. Slash it doesn't work. At least not the way that the darling food media wants us to think that it does right now. Okay, so we're going to talk about that soon. Uh, In the meantime, perform your gap analysis on your culture of accountability. Think about the strengths of your team. Form your teams based on the strengths of your your folks. If you decide to uh, take a look at the Gallup organization's Clifton Strengths Finder, I highly recommend it. It's it's very inexpensive for the benefits that you get from it. I think it's a great tool. I have no affiliation with them whatsoever. It was just a game changer for me, seriously. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't recommend it more. So uh, good luck with everything. If you have any questions, as usual, please hit me up at David at DeerGoFoodSafety.com or Dr. P at Michelle at DeerGoFoodSafety.com. Until next time. Eat lots, work hard, and be good to each other. Thanks for listening. Before you go, click the subscribe button and check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com, where we have free food safety guides waiting for you. Until next time, keep up the great work.